Good morning, good morning, Rabbi Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class today is dedicated for the Fuash and the of Deborah Zina Bat Mira, sponsored by her son Sol and Ahmad. Breakfast in the Class also dedicated in loving memory of Joseph Kezri, Alava Shalom, Lilunishman Yosef Ben Rachel, sponsored by Gabby and Jimmy Kezri, to Hanish Madosu Rab Suror Hahaim. Breakfast in the Class is also dedicated in memory of his loving and devoted mother, godly client Frankel Alea Shalom. Leilui Nishmat, Golda Bat, Rev Avraham, Yitzchak Alter, Aleah Shalom, sponsored by her son, Ira Frankel. May her Nishama have an Aliyah. Breakfast on the class dedicated in celebration of Ari Hurizadeh's birthday, sponsored by his sister Sheba. Magnificent. Look at this, brothers, sisters, beautiful. And lastly, breakfast on the class sponsored by Abi Nissim, dedicated in honor of his fiance, Lily Mishan. Hazaku Baruch. Okay, magnificent. Rabotai, that's enough celebrating for one day. <laughs> we love it. We should be zocher always to have happy occasions. My friends, the Pasuk says that Balak recognized an existential threat was sitting at his doorstep. These Jewish people are literally inexorably marching towards their destination. Anything that gets in their way gets literally uh, destroyed gets vanquished, and uh, he understands that he needs to do something about the Jewish problem. Yeah, and it's, uh, we, uh, sometimes we, I feel bad for all the other nations in the world, you know, that uh, they have such a problem like the Jewish people, that no matter where we go, this, we seem to be like some sort of issue that needs to have a solution, unfortunately. And this is nothing new, it's as old as the Jewish people itself. So Balak tries to figure out a final solution for the Jewish people. So what does he do? He goes and he hires the services of one uh, Bil'am ben Be'or limited to try and destroy the Jewish people. And how does he do it? He asks him to go and curse the Jewish people and through that process perhaps he'll be able to uh, defeat them in war. Bil'am responds a very interesting line. He tells him, please, I want you to go do this. And Bilam's response is, If you were to give me the entire palace of the king, if it was filled to the brim with gold and silver coins, with precious metals and stones, there's nothing that I could do to, uh, to contravene the word of God. Whatever God says, that's what I have to do. That's what I'm going to be able to say. That's what Bilam says. Now, it's interesting. Because it sounds like a very religious thing to say. Bilam is like, you know, without Hashem, nothing. Can't do anything. But meanwhile, what's, what's so interesting is that oftentimes um, we, we don't realize when something is broken. And I want to talk a little bit about the broken nature of a man called Bilam. And then through that to look at the broken nature sometimes uh, of ourselves and of all of humanity. You know, who is this guy, Bil'am? Who is he? What motivates this fellow uh, to be the superhero that he is? He's capable, I mean, again, remember, of wiping out an entire nation. Otherwise, Balak would not come to hire him for his services. In fact, Balak had already experienced the story of uh, Bil'am's success in a previous war where Bil'am had sided with one of them and that was the side uh, that was victorious in the battle, okay? So Bil'am is someone who's capable with his words of shaping the destinies 
of nations. This is a very special man with very special powers. In fact, the Gemara tells us that in the end of time, when the nations of the world are going to see that God is going to be rewarding the Jewish people, at the end, when everything is said and done, we're going to be rewarded for the Torah, for the mitzvot, for getting it right. And the nations of the world will come and say, well, what if, if we would have had someone like Moshe Rabbeinu? It's not fair. You gave the Jews Moshe. You didn't give us uh, someone like uh, Moshe. If we would have had someone like that, we also would have done the right thing. And God said, I did give you someone like Moshe. Who would I give you? Bil'am. Now that statement, first of all, has got to throw you for a loop. That's Bil'am. This money-hungry, kavod-chasing, you know, uh, bestiality, uh, uh, you know, prone fellow. This is the equivalent of Moshe Rabenu. And the answer, my friends, is that this is one of the most interesting things about human beings. What was Bil'am able to do? What was his power? The Talmud tells us he was capable of understanding, of divining the exact moment that God was angry every day. The moment where God was in a place, so to speak, of ultimate, of pure judgment. He was not prone to being uh, uh, charitable or chesed at that moment. In that moment, he was in a moment of judgment, of deen. And all he did with that moment was, he utilized that moment to say one word that would change the fortunes and futures of the people who were, uh, who were hiring him for the highest price, okay? In fact, the Gemara says, what could he have said in such a brief moment to destroy the Jews? It's only a split second. And Tosafot answers that he could have said, Kalim. Kalim means destroy them. But you see the brevity, how short this moment in the day is. Where the Basuk says, El Zoim Bechol Yom. There's a moment of divine justice, of wrath, so to speak, that happens every day. Bil'am's power was the ability to harness that. But let's take a look at what happens with Bil'am. He gives away already, he shows his cards right in the beginning. A man comes to you and says, Look, what do you say? What are you doing Tuesday? How about uh, Tuesday we, you know, we pencil genocide in. You know, you got, how's your Wednesday looking? Can we do genocide Wednesday, right? This is what he's telling him. I want you to destroy the whole people. And Bil'am, what's his problem? He has no moral compunction. He has no uh, ethical deterrence. What's Bil'am's issue here? He says, if you're going to give me all your house of money, of gold, of silver, I still can't do it. You know why? I only could say what Hashem lets me say. You, you're not bothered by the wiping out of a nation? The issue here is phrased in, even if you gave me a lot of money, I can't do it. That's the problem here. Bil'am's superpower is in divining a person's moment of anger. Finding that moment, and so to speak, utilizing it. There are a lot of people who are like this. Their superpower is not something positive. But human beings were created, each one of us, with our own superpower. What's fascinating is that the Gemara that told us that uh, there's another Moshe. Who's the other Moshe? Bil'am. 
And we look at that, we're like, how is that another Moshe? And the answer is, that potential was there. It was just utilized for something else. Could you imagine if Bil'am had used his skill to find the moment in the day that God was most merciful? That God loved his people and his creations the most. But Bil'am didn't choose to use his uh, emotional intelligence, his divine emotional intelligence, you know, uh, finder, to find a moment of good. He chose it to find, so to speak, a moment of anger. This man is motivated by the wrong things. He's searching for the wrong things. And look, he finds it. What's interesting to me is our rabbis tell us something fascinating. Because in the story, he tries to curse the Jews, doesn't work. Tries again, tries again, tries again, tries again, tries again, doesn't work. And listen to what Balak tells him. He's desperate for money. He's desperate for honor, okay? Amati kabed achabedcha. Balak says to him, I said I would give you a lot of kavod. He denied you the opportunity of having something or doing something that is deserving of respect. Run away, you know, run away to your place. That's a very kind of belittling statement. You, if you're a man who's fueled by kavod, what do you do when someone tells you, you know what, I wanted to make you great, Ben Simmons. I wanted to make you a superstar, but this is how you reacted. Run away. Run away to your hole. That's what he's telling him. Right? What do you do? You put your tail between your legs. You go home. Bilam stays around. Hangs around. He says, listen, you know, maybe let me give you a, a little tidbit. Maybe I could tell you how to get the Jews another way. And he gets them in the end, right? By causing them to sin. But here's the question. The guy, you, you, you want to be honored and the guy's shambling you? You want to please the person and the person's destroying you? What do you do? You leave, you run, you go, you find someplace to hide. You, nur you nurse your wounds, you lick your wounds, right? Not Bilam. Bilam stays around. Because there's something he likes even more than Kavod. And that's money. So the two greatest things, motivators, in this person's life are honor, money. If it comes down between the two, I'd rather hang around and be humiliated and make the money. I was once in an office and uh, the boss walks in and this is the number two guy in a big company. All right, not a, not a little the small operation. This is the guy who's, I don't know what his official position, he's the number two guy in this massive company. And the boss is, if I tell you, cursing at him, making him feel like a piece of garbage, you know, insulting his intelligence, telling him that he's a crook. I mean, it was like wild. And finally, after the whole diatribe, the boss leaves. And I said to him, I was like, wow, is that what this is like, working here? He goes, Rabbi, if I tell you, he says, not once a day, at least, Twice a day, at least, I get this. I said to him, so why are you working here? And he tells me, the money's good. The money's good. Now, I'm not judging his choices. Who knows? Maybe the guy can't get another job like that. Maybe he's underqualified for that position. I'm not, I'm not saying. But I'm saying, look at what the, the guy's making a choice. To be in this place, this environment, where he's being destroyed, 
So he's choosing. I'm not saying it's a good choice or a bad choice. I'm saying it is a choice. Every day the guy comes home and I, I finally I understand. You know when you see someone in the synagogue and even if it's a nice day, a good day, the guy is just... He's, the look, I, I couldn't understand. At first I thought something was wrong. Every time I'd ask him, and you know, in, uh, in Knis, uh, you know, uh, what's going on? It has everything. Don't worry, it's not here, Rabotai. It wasn't in this community, <laughs> right? Every time I'd ask him if something's wrong, if, if somebody died, like, I don't know what happened, right? He's like, no, no, no. The guy walked around. He was perpetually depressed. He was perpetually deflated. That's a choice he made. Rabotai, I want to illustrate in one line now everything we learned from Bil'am today. Every person has a superpower and every person has their kryptonite. Every person has something great that they could develop about themselves. The Gemara that says that Bil'am could have been Moshe. In fact, Rambam tells us that every single person should consider themselves able to or possible, a possible contender to be as great as Moshe Rabbeinu. Every person has the possibility of being, having, being a superhero, of doing something extraordinarily well, but also every person has their kryptonite. I, you know, I always wanted to say, Ashrei, you know, the Pasuk says, Ashrei Adam Ozlobach, Ashrei Ashrei, a person who understands what his greatest strength is. And Ashrei, a person who understands what his kryptonite is, what his Achilles heel is. What's the thing that destroys his life, that stops him from being a special person? You know, if you meet people like this, who have this, their superpower is in the realm of destroying things, nobody told you that it's a mitzvah to hang around with that guy. And if you're choosing to be there because the money's good or because you like, because it's popular. I mean, I remember seeing, <laughs> there's always people like a group of friends and there's the guy who's the cool guy in the, in the group, the alpha guy, you know? And then there's the other guy, and there's another, you know, you always can see the, the group structure and the friends. And there's always the one guy that's the butt of the group's jokes. The one thing that he donates to the group is that he is the guy that everybody, you know, everyone, you know, uh, uh, shambles. He's the one, oh, Joe, how you doing today? It's wild. And it's amazing to me to see how, I bet you, if we rewound time, we went back to high school, it would have been the same thing, probably with the same people. And if you went back to grade school, it would be the same thing, same people. Rabotai, if you're that guy in that group, get out of the group. Recognize, Rabotai, that there are certain people that their superpower is in putting people down. Their superpower is finding a person in their moment of weakness, in their moment of anger. Finding you at your most vulnerable. And there are people whose superpower is raising people up. Moshe Rabbeinu, in the worst moment of Machloket, what's Moshe Rabbeinu using? Does he use the moment to destroy? He doesn't. He goes out of his way again and again to go to, 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 go to Korach to try and convince him, to go to the Tanaviram, to try one more time, one more time, one more time. And you know what? That's his superpower. But ultimately, Rabotai, ultimately, in each one of these scenarios, when you find what you're great at, there will be one thing, one midah, one occurrence, 
won something, whether it's money, it could be honor, it could be power, it could be being liked by people. When I first read this, and I saw that Balak shambles and destroys Bilam, and, and the Sfarim asked, so why did he stay around after he told him, run back to your hole? You know what my thought was? Classic people pleaser. You shambled me, I still want to. You ever see people like that who all they try is to make a father or a father figure proud of them and they're never, ever, ever going to get there? Rabotai, open your eyes. If we learn anything from here, it's to recognize, to be able to see yourself in your true light. What are you, what are you personally capable of? And as well, what are the stumbling blocks that stop you from greatness, from achieving wonderful things? Um, it might mean being in a certain minyan. It might mean being part of a certain community. It might mean finding a certain rabbi. It might mean being in a relationship with a certain person. It might mean being not working in a certain place. I remember someone told me once, he said to me, I left the industry, uh, what's it called, that I was in, why? And he says, I don't know anybody else. He says, I'm not saying anything bad about anybody. He said, but back in the day, he said, the big conventions were all in Vegas. He says, and there wasn't a single time that I didn't go to the show in Vegas, not a single time, not once. He said, I went for 10 years straight, not a single time that I didn't fall when I was in Vegas. And in the industry I'm in, you can't not go. So I left the industry. I got a successful person. Could you believe that? This is a guy who rec recognizes. You know, that's his kryptonite. He can't, that's, he, can't, he can't win. In that space, he can't win. So he has some choice to make. Like Bilal makes a choice. Kesef, Kabod. Here, the guy who's making a choice. Kesef, fidelity. Kesef, gambling. Kesef, drugs. Whatever it was. Every person has to recognize these opportunities and recognize themselves. One more time. You have to recognize these opportunities, both positive and negative, and know yourself. Because ultimately, that's all we are in this world is the sum of the choices that we make in life. Baruch Adonai Le'olam.